the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Hello, how you doing? Welcome again to another edition of the While You Are Single podcast. We greatly appreciate that you've been listening, and we just hope that the podcast has been a blessing. And if it has, we hope that you have been sharing with your friends as well. If you happen to be in the Houston Sugarland area on July 21st, I'd like to invite you for our next While You Are Single gathering, our next While You Are Single service. It will be taking place, like I said, on July 21st at Catch the Fire Church in Sugarland, Texas. The address is 1730. Williams Trace Boulevard, Suite 1. So, hopefully you can join us that day at 8 p.m. July 21st. Catch the Fire Church, Sugarland, Texas. For more information, please visit our website, whileyouaresingle.org. It is just a matter of time for you to receive the things that God has for you, and that's what we're going to be addressing, the issue about timing. Um, God works with seasons and times and god wants to ensure that you are seasoned for your season so join us if you feel distressed or if you feel like what's taking so long whether what's taking so long to get into a relationship what's taking so long to find the person god has for you what's taking so long to get your breakthrough what's taking so long for you to move forward with regard to what you're hoping god can do for you we are going to be addressing that as well as things that may delay us from experiencing the things that God has for us. So you don't want to miss it. Bring a friend. We are going to have a wonderful time again, July 21st, 8 p.m. at Catch the Fire Church. Visit our website, whileyoursingle.org, for more information about that. If you have any questions or you want to give feedback about uh, the podcast, please feel free to do so by emailing us at info at whileyouaresingle.org. Dot org. You can also write us. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 710623, Houston, Texas 77271. I want to thank those of you who have been given to While You Are Single. Your gift enables us to have a While You Are Single services from which we produce the podcast. In addition, if you're listening and you like talks, I definitely want to contribute to while you were single. It has been a blessing to me. First and foremost, I want to say thank you. And uh, you can go to our website, whileyouaresingle.org, and give through that avenue you're given. It's a blessing to us and enables us to do what we do. So thank you again. Well, without further ado, I want to talk about something that is a foundational thing for anything that you're trusting God for, whether it's marriage, whether it's a breakthrough, whether it's moving forward in any area of your life, whether it's a project that you are trying to get off the ground, I want to talk about this, and uh, this is a very important thing. And sometimes we can let what's going on around us, what's happening in the world, um, our education, our experiences, our understanding, our intellect, to get in the way of applying this fundamental 
principle that will help us move forward with regard to whatever it is we want God to do for us. And I want to paint a picture for you. And I know I'm exaggerating a little bit because I am not a lawyer. I'm not in a criminal justice system. I'm not exactly sure how things operate. But when I paint this picture for you, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I like to watch movies and I often watch some of the dramas and television like Law and Order and stuff like that. So here's a picture I want to paint for you. Imagine that there is a criminal that has been causing a lot of problems. He has attacked a lot of people and law enforcement, they've been trying to apprehend this criminal and finally they get a break. They have discovered where the criminal lives. In fact, not only did they discover where the criminal lives, they've been able to put surveillance in the criminal's residence. They've been able to plant bugs. They've bugged the criminal's hideout. They've put surveillance equipment, video equipment, and to cut a long story short, they've in fact caught the criminal red-handed with another attacking another victim so uh, the criminal is surrounded by SWAT team detectives police officers they storm into the criminal's house and they catch the criminal red-handed with another person he's attacking right in the criminal's hand it's pretty obvious the criminal is the culprit <laughs> they've caught him red-handed um, they have video evidence, they have audio evidence, they have strong eyewitness testimony because you have the SWAT team that broke into the house and saw him red-handed as well as the detectives and the police officers and investigators. They have the criminal right there with the victim in his hands. Uh, there's blood evidence. They, they have, the criminal has the weapon in his hands, the, 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 the fingerprint. Everything is right there. In fact, the criminal has the nerve to smirk like nothing's going to happen to the criminal. So, cut a long story short, criminal is arrested and taken to court. Of course, this is a slam dunk case because you have everything you need to prosecute, send the criminal to jail, if not a death penalty, and just throw away the keys. It's a slam dunk case. So the prosecutor goes to court and he has the evidence in his hands and he presents the evidence to the judge. And the judge looks at the prosecutor and says something like this. The evidence is inadmissible. In other words, they can't use the evidence in the court. And the reason they can't use the evidence is because law enforcement did not have a warrant to break into the criminal's place. Therefore, what looked like a slam dunk case turns out to be a case where the criminal goes away scot-free. You ever seen something like that on television, in a movie or in a drama, something like that? Well, that's a scenario I'm painting for you. Now, let's look at it this way. Imagine the criminal is the enemy, the devil. The person being attacked is us. The prosecutor is your angel, and the judge is God. Your angel goes before God. 
and provides evidence that the enemy has been attacking you in different areas of your life. And the judge, God, looks at your angel and says, where is the warrant? Prayer is your warrant. Prayer is God's warrant. God needs your prayers so that he can get on your case and deal with the enemy. Without your warrant, God can't do anything. I don't understand it all. I don't know why that's the way it is, but that's just the way God set it up. Prayer is the protocol you use to get God to get in your case and deal with the enemy. Without prayer, nothing is done. To reinforce this, perhaps you remember when Jesus was about to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was about to be apprehended, when Judas kissed him to notify the people who were coming to arrest him that it was Jesus. Perhaps you remember when Peter took a knife and a sword and slashed one of the ears of Jesus' captors and Jesus forbade him and healed the guy. And Jesus said something profound. He said, don't you know that I can pray the Father and he will send me legions of angels? Notice what Jesus said. Don't you know that I can pray the Father? In other words, if Jesus needed to get something done, if Jesus needed angels to come, he had to pray for the angels to show up. So I have a question for you. If Jesus had to pray to get things done, where does that leave you and I? We have to pray as well. Prayer is your official application to God to get on your case. God needs us to pray. Yes, he knows what you need, but he needs you and I to pray so that he can get things done for us. A lot of people don't feel like God is hearing them. Well, one of the reasons why people feel like God is not hearing them is because they've never given God anything to hear. <laughs> Prayer is very critical. We need to pray so that God can get on our case. Now, chances are, if you're listening to this, perhaps your perspective is different. You might even be upset with me right now. Because you're probably saying, Tokes, I've prayed. I have prayed. I have prayed. I have prayed. I have prayed. And nothing has happened, Tokes. I'm tired of prayer. It's a waste of my time. I have prayed. Well, let's examine that a little bit because there are quite a number of things that cause God not to respond to our prayers or answer our prayers the way we want him to answer our prayers and many years ago I read a book by Pastor Bill Hybels and I believe it was titled Not Too Busy to Pray and in the book it talked about having a conversation with an old school preacher and the preacher kind of gave a phrase a saying that kind of summarizes why some prayers and answer some prayers are answered and some prayers aren't and it goes something like this when the request is wrong god says no when the timing is wrong god says slow 
when you are wrong, God says grow. When the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says go. Let me say that again. When the request is wrong, God says no. When the timing is wrong, God says slow. When you are wrong, God says grow. But when the request is right, the timing is right. And you are right. God says go, meaning you can have what you want. In other words, when the request is wrong, dealing with when your your prayer is wrong, when the timing is wrong, meaning it's not the right time, and when you or I are wrong, something is wrong with us. It's about you know we, we're we're not in the right place, or we haven't grown up a little bit. Our you know our wrong request often stems from immaturity or something is off with us. Then God is like, we need to grow up, you know. So those are the things that affect prayer. And I want to give an example of that, especially with regard to when the request is wrong. There's a story in Luke chapter 9, um, verses 52 to 55. It talks about how Jesus was determined to go through Samaria to Jerusalem. And in an effort to get to uh, Jerusalem, he was opposed by the Samaritans. They did not want him to go through to go through to Jerusalem. And the Bible says when James and John, two of his top three disciples, saw this, they asked Jesus if they could call down fire from heaven to burn the people up. And Jesus turned and looked at them and rebuked them. In other words, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> that prayer was wrong. The request was wrong because we don't pray against people. Jesus said, I believe it's in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, pray for your enemies. You don't pray against people. If you're going to pray against anything, you pray against the enemy. You pray against the devil. You pray against spiritual forces. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 13, it talks about we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, we don't wrestle against people. We don't pray against people. We pray against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That, those are what we pray against. They are the ones that influence people against us. We pray for people to grow. We pray for people to change their ways. We pray for people to see the error in their ways. We pray against what people may do that cause them to go away from God, their activities. But they themselves, we pray for them. We pray for them to change. We pray for them to grow. We pray for them to see the error in their ways. We pray for them to succeed in the things of God. We don't pray to kill them because Jesus did not come to kill people. Jesus came to save people. We love John 3.16. talks about how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But I believe it's the next verse that says God did not come to the world to condemn the world but by him they will be saved. It's important for us to understand that. 
So the prayer was wrong and Jesus rebuked them because they wanted to kill the people just because they didn't let Jesus go through Samaria. And I want I say this respectfully, I understand, you know, as a believer, I'm, we need to stand for our convictions and stuff like that. But when this disciples asked Jesus to call fire to burn the people, in a sense, if you think about it, Jesus is trying to go through Samaria to Jerusalem, and basically Jesus is going about fulfilling his ministry. He is evangelizing. He is doing the work of the kingdom, and he now these people were technically opposing his ministry. And we live at a time where sometimes we deal with situations where we feel like our faith as Christians are being opposed. Yes, we should stand for our convictions. Yes, we should pray against the forces that are trying to stop that. But trying to kill people or physically uh, attack people because in the name of the gospel, it's not God's way, unfortunately. Unfortunately. You know, that's not, you know, just because we don't get to preach the gospel does not give us the right to attack people, you know. Obviously, that's not God's way. You can see it in Luke 9. Jesus rebuked the disciples and said no. The other thing about this is usually prayer is effective when you're praying the word of God. In other words, you can't just pray anything you want. You pray what the word says you can have or need or you can you can want. And believe you me, everything that you need that God has for you, even more so are in the word and is just in our best interest to search the scriptures to find out the things that we can have from God. So basically, praying the word is effective. And one could argue that the disciples, from their perspective, were praying the word because they weren't just pulling a rabbit out of a hat and praying that and calling fire from heaven. They were referring to what Elijah did in Second Kings. I believe it's in chapter 1. He called that fire from heaven and they were figure. So basically, we're like, well, it's in the word. And Sadly, anyone can't pull anything out from Scripture to justify their stance, but we need to really understand the Spirit of God and know how God operates, know His heart, to be able to pray correctly from His Word, okay? So, the point I'm trying to make is that prayer was wrong, therefore that prayer was not answered. Another critical thing about prayer is timing. Um, one of the best examples I like to give is in uh, Genesis 26, uh, I believe it's verse 21. It talks about how Isaac, who married Rebekah, he was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. So if you're listening and you're not 40 years old and you're not married yet, why are you tripping? I'm just kidding. I'm, 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 I'm just kidding. Nevertheless, Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. And uh, the Bible says in Genesis 26, 21, I'm paraphrasing that he prayed on her behalf because she was unable to have children. And God answered his prayer and she became pregnant. Wow, just like that. He prayed to God, God answered his prayer, and she became pregnant. Genesis 26, 21, I'm like, wow, that was fast. At least that it looks it looks that way, right? But if you look at the previous verse in Genesis, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Genesis 26, 21 lets us know that he prayed for his wife to have children. God answered, and she became pregnant. The previous verse 
Genesis 26, 20 lets us know that Isaac was 40 years old when he prayed for his wife. But um, Genesis 20, I apologize. I, the, 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 uh, I don't have a scripture in front of me right now, but it's either Genesis 26 or Genesis chapter 25. But the verses are correct from 20 to 26. So um, in Genesis uh, 20, 6 verse 25 or Genesis 25 verse 26, it's one of those. We discover that Isaac was 60 years old when the children were born. In other words, it took 20 years. 20 years. The prayer was answered, but it took 20 years. I hope it doesn't take you 20 years for you to get what God wants, but there's a timing issue. So sometimes it's a timing issue. So you may have prayed for something that hasn't happened yet, and God heard you the first time, and God's like, I got you. And at the right time, it's going to manifest. So you might be listening now. You may have forgotten about something, but don't be surprised when it comes because God didn't forget. So some things are just a timing issue. And I'm going to elaborate more on timing on July 21st. But there's a timing issue. But we're not told in, in Genesis. We're not told that God says at the right time. He just said, uh, he just said God uh, uh, granted him his request and she became pregnant. But we're not told. But when we examine the story closely, we discover it took 20 years. Maybe God is saying it doesn't really matter. Pray it, believe it, receive it, and it's going to happen at the right time. Some things happen at the right time. Just Not, not anything particular. God just said this is when it's going to happen. Sometimes God hears you pray about something, and God is like, yeah, I'm going to answer that prayer. But there's something else you need to pray first that affects this prayer being answered. In other words, it's not like I don't want to answer this prayer. It's just that you need to do something else. For example, let's say you're praying for a promotion or you want to advance your career and God's like, okay, I got you. But you need to pray to get the certification that will let you move forward in your career. But you haven't prayed for that yet. And because you haven't prayed for that yet and I need that warrant to get on your case, nothing has happened yet for you to advance in your career. So I need you to pray for that yet first and when you pray for that, then I give you the grace to get the certification. And once you get the certification, then boom, the other thing cannot happen because you have the credentials to make you move forward. Of course, you don't need uh, certification or credentials if God doesn't need you to need it to move forward. But if God has decided that that's the path you have to take, then that's the path you have to take. Maybe you want to get married. You're like, you want a husband. God's like, no problem. I'll get your husband. But you need to pray to learn how to be uh, respectful to a man or, or learn how to take care of a man first pray for that first and I'll give you the grace to be able to have that skill set as a wife then the husband will come or a guy praying for a wife and God I want a wife and God says no problem but first you need to pray first to learn how to be a husband to learn how to listen to learn how to care to learn how to pay attention to learn how to not have to, to talk down on her or 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 impose yourself on her and how to be gentle, how to be caring, how to communicate, how to understand her, how to make, make her feel cherished, make her feel loved. Learn that first. Pray for that first. And I'll give you the grace to be able to do those things first. Then 
when you pray for that, then I can grant you a wife because you're in a position to be a husband. Whichever the case, the point is sometimes it's a timing issue. And some things is just because it's not the right time. And some things is because it's not the right time because you haven't prayed for certain things that need to come before what you're praying. Whichever the case, there is a timing involved. And finally, when you are wrong, meaning we need to grow up. And going back to Luke chapter 9, verses 52 to 55, when the disciples um, tried to call down fire from heaven, Jesus rebuked them and said, you don't even know the kind of spirit you are of. Which implies that they were praying with the wrong spirit. Some commentaries say they were praying. When Jesus said, you don't know the kind of spirit you are of, he was saying that you belong to the Holy Spirit. But because you don't know that you belong to the Holy Spirit, you're praying wrong. If you knew who you were based on the leading of the Spirit of God, you would not be praying to kill people just because you don't have your way. Whichever case, they were praying with the wrong spirit. So they needed to grow up. We need to grow up. Sometimes our prayers are motivated by the fact that we want something done and it's not done so or someone... It's not doing what we want, so we're coming against them because we don't like them. To reinforce this, the Jews and the Samaritans had an animosity against each other. There was a rift between the Jews and the Samaritans. So chances are their request to burn them up was motivated by the fact that they didn't like the Samaritans in the first place. So this opposition to what they were trying to do was reason for them to now say okay we're going to pray against you guys because you guys are all messed up and vile and stuff like that and Jesus rebuked them and said no we're not having that I don't answer prayers with that, that kind of spirit so we need to have that in mind when praying so bottom line is pray the word of God in the right spirit understand that there's, there's a timing to everything Keep praying because God needs your warrant. And funny enough, a warrant is valid when it's given by the judge himself. The judge has to sign it. Jesus has signed the word with his blood. The word is authentic. The word is your warrant. You take that. You pray that. And you're on the right track to get your prayers answered at the right time. So I want to encourage you to trust God. God hasn't forgotten you. God has great things for you. The best is yet to come for you. So I encourage you to get into prayer, you know, in addition to everything else, let's not forget to pray. Pray is the foundation for everything. So thank you for listening to While You're Single Podcast. Until next, next week, take care and stay blessed. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about OJ Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.